This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control, and you can call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. That toll-free number is 855-450-3733. And with you tonight, it's Aria. And Vincent. And Mark. And the big news of today, of course, is that Joe Biden is um, not officially the Democratic nominee. but Presumptive. uh, Yeah, but he's going to be the Democratic nominee because Bernie Sanders has... Dropped out. Suspended his campaign. Is that how he put it? That's how it's described, yes. The only thing I saw about it was actually from the Babylon Bee, which just said that, you know, Sanders failed to grope enough women to qualify for the office of the president. (laughs) Which is good because that's funny. Um, Yeah. I, I've got to I've got to agree. He's uh, he's he's not qualified if uh, the qualification is pervert. Well, he's not as openly qualified, probably. Yeah. But I don't know what he's actually. He's got this uh, essay he wrote for some. Oh, yes, he does. Underground newspaper yeah. in Burlington, Vermont, back in like the 70s, where it's like women, they like to be raped. <laughs> Men, they like to rape them. What are you going to do? You know, like it's, whoa, Bernie, what's 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 happening in your life, man? And his campaign, they tried to write it off. They said, oh, it was a poorly written satire. Well, I don't know what it was, but <laughs> it was uh, funny. Um, but then again, you're dealing with a, uh, you know, whatever the thoughts of a young man in the 70s are ver- today in the, you know, 2020. Have you seen what Bernie Sanders looked like back when he was the mayor? May, when he was the mayor, I mean, it's like Bernie Sanders was born old. He had white hair even then. <laughs> I've seen pictures of him with dark hair, but you know, he, it, that was a long time ago. I have not looked into Bernie Sanders' uh, past much, but we did read his little essay here on the show at one point, and Johnson did it. Johnson in, did it in, yes. in the in a much better <laughs> Bernie Sanders voice that I can do. <laughs> I had totally forgotten about that creepy essay to know. And it wasn't really as bad at, at on the whole as we could paint it, but it did have some really bad parts to it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it had some, some creepy parts. But that would only be creepy if the people he was running against weren't Donald Trump and Joe Biden. I'm just amazed. I'm stunned that the United States political system has managed... Two election cycles in a row to find the two absolute worst human beings on the geographic landmass and put one of them in charge of everyone. You would think, okay, we have this system in place to find the worst human being alive so that we can put them out of their misery and save the rest of the world from their insanity. But no, we put them in charge. Well, I mean, the Republicans were stuck, right? Like their the, their rocket ship is on rails, um, whereas the Democrats well. <laughs> got to pick, and they went from uh, you know Hillary to Creepy Joe. How, How? <laughs> they did it is beyond me. I mean, it's it's like it, it's as if they were saying, "Well, we just have to make sure we lose this because." Our nominee might be Bernie Sanders, and but Bernie Sanders might be able to beat Donald Trump. I'm curious about what's going to happen at the convention if we're going to let Joe Biden. I mean, if Joe Biden's condition or whatever he might have, it could be just like he's going through. Uh, he's just just getting drunk every day because he's in quarantine or adrenochrome withdrawal or whatever people want to say. But it is possible that someone else entirely might get the nomination at the at the convention. It's probably more possible than it's ever been, but that doesn't make it likely. It's possible, not likely. I mean, it's just. 
unlikely. Now, what's going on with Biden's health? We we don't know the the the, um, the limited amount of screen time he gets. It's on these late night shows and some uh, some news news programs. And I mean, he's more coherent than he's been in the past. But he would just keep uh, it's it's a uh, yeah. I, I I can't describe it without going to some of my personal stuff. But he would be on a point and then he would talk about something else and he would stop entirely and it, it, it's to the point where even though he's done all these horrible things in his political career and he has all these awful allegations against him i do feel bad for the guy it's like watching your grandfather or you know someone with yeah. dementia or senility try and uh, try and function and it's, it's just very sad like well, i agree he's definitely senile i mean everything i've seen him ever say suggested that he's senile and don't forget that part of this whole thing is he has to debate Donald Trump. Now, <laughs> I'm not saying that Donald Trump is the world's greatest debater, but he is tenacious. And for if you if you have a broad definition of the term articulate, definitely articulate. Like the way that he speaks, he speaks that way well. It's like really well, super duper well, right? Like you know, Believe that's me. his whole oh, thing. Oh, Believe he's the me, best. it's yeah. well. He has the best words, and you can't like he's gonna badger the hell out of Biden in a debate to the point that I don't even know. I I, I think they're gonna have to cart him off and like you know, like get a you know with like a beer trolley and just whoop, get him out of there. I hadn't considered that. I'm actually looking forward to these debates. That's gonna be spectacular to watch. Spectacular is the term. <laughs> Phantasmagoric. It's gonna be. It's gonna be amazing. like amazing modern American gladiators or modern roman gladiators rather i I, moron olympics (laughs) but um i i'll I'll give credit i stole that from uh, greg gutfeld but i to to, um to joe biden's credit he was able to hold his own in the debates uh with the uh in in the democratic debates even when it was just him and bernie sanders but only slightly just barely and even bernie sanders he would hold back against biden because all of them i think held back against biden because at any point they could have just said hey joe why don't you go smell uh sniff amy klobacher or go Right. But yeah. uh, they all were very. Can we get some legs, uh, some kids up here to rub your leg hairs? Would that make <laughs> you feel more comfortable? Get some roaches. They, then none of them took it serious. And then this is the part How that stuns me. How can you take that seriously? Me. Here's the part that <laughs> stuns me: is is that Barack Obama, this this presidential candidate, this guy is lauded for his ability to do the political process, decides to put his name behind Joe Biden in so much as he calls the other candidates and says, look, we need to get behind Joe, otherwise Bernie's going to get in, in there. And, you know, t- in all transparency, I endorsed Bernie for the for the DNC uh, you know, nomination. Yes, I did, because he's a better candidate. Because if I ended up with Bernie Sanders, I'd be happier with him over Biden. That's why. And plus, he's probably more pro, significantly more pro-peace uh, than, than any of the other candidates. Tulsi Gabbard was the only one in their field that I was willing to support. Bernie's only slightly less than Tulsi. He just doesn't spend any time talking about it. Mm-hmm. And Bernie, by the way, would he's likely hot. have picked Tulsi as his running mate. She stood with him back when the, the DNC screwed him in 2016. Yeah. So, and Biden may pick her, too. Remember, Biden really needs to pick a great veep here. He promised to pick a woman, too. 
So and, uh, I, I saw uh, Kamala Harris, right, because she's doing a lot of fundraising recently. I mean, she sort of was she dropped out of a race when Tulsi Gabbard brought up the fact that she it, despite her bragging about smoking marijuana on TV, she put away like thousands of um, people for marijuana charges. But, yeah, today it was on Drudge. I saw uh, they're talking at least uh, suggesting it could be Kamala Harris, because, I mean, it, yeah. like, from a political standpoint, it's perfect. She's a woman. She's a person of color. She's a um She's, you know, somewhat younger. Well, she's very, very much younger than Biden. So some people might consider a vote for Biden is going to be a vote for his VP because he must not have that much time left or at least that much time uh, coherent left. The, the question is, is how do we determine whether a president is coherent or not? Well, we can't listen to them speak clearly because Trump described the hurricane in Dallas as the wettest one we've ever seen from the standpoint of the water <laughs> and his his, you know, nemesis in this competition. This talks about learning about roaches and kids stroking his leg hairs. Like, what is coherency in 2020? The ability to string together at least three words to form a statement that makes some kind of sense to some other semi-functioning human being. Right. Well, all the Democrats have at this point is, well, I don't think Joe will really be the president. I think it's going to be his cabinet or something. Like, what? <laughs> We've got a non-candidate as a candidate now? Like, that's the best you can get. You hate Trump so badly, you would vote for Biden? Uh, I mean, thank God. Thank God. I've got a history of voting for the Libertarian. Because at this point, I don't have to run off. Like I'm no Johnny-come-lately at this point. I've voted right. for the Libertarian in the past. I can just say, hey, look, I don't know who they're putting up, but <laughs> but you know what? Adam Kokesh, whatever you can say about the guy, you can't. It, it ain't as bad as what you can say about Biden or Trump. Oh, no, for sure. I'm a firm and supreme supporter. That's who I would like to see get the Libertarian nomination. Bumper Hornberger, baby. I don't care. I like them all. What do you think about the current state of American politics? 855-450-3733. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control, and you can call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. That toll-free number is 855-450-3733, and with you tonight, it's Aria. Vincent. And Mark. And I want to tell you about Bitcoin.com because they've launched a trading platform that you can find at local.bitcoin.com that allows you to buy and sell Bitcoin cash using dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposit, or meeting in person with cash. All, all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted, which means finally you have access to a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started buying and selling Bitcoin cash. Again, that's local.bitcoin.com. By far, one of my favorite websites to use for cryptocurrency. Now, today the big news is that uh, Joe Biden is going to be the Democratic nominee. Unless something really bizarre happens at the DMC, which it, which it might. I mean, Joe Biden might come out there and start talking about kids stroking his leg hairs or whatever. And people just say, OK, can't do yeah, this. Th this is too much, man. You need to at least pretend like you can have a conversation with somebody. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not like Joe's pretending. I mean, if he's having clarity issues, then he's not he's it's not he's not doing it on purpose. Well, I think it's a given that he's having clarity issues at this point. I mean, the, I don't know that everybody's convinced. 
How could they not be? Did they miss any of the news about him? It's like a test. You know, well, I'd vote for a a senile career politician before I'd vote for Trump. Oh, yeah? Well, here you go. (laughs) You know? Well, also you have the the main, uh, you know, the, the MSM. They're uh, they're sort of covering up for Biden too. Like I, I would have only the only place where I've heard reported all of Biden's gaffes, like in the big the big ones, right? Not like the normal ones where he like mistakes a place or something. I'm talking about where he just trails off, forgets he's on camera, and it was all from the Daily Caller. I didn't see any of it from, and also Fox News, Daily Caller, Fox News. I didn't. See, you're not going to see Biden's gaffes on MSNBC. You're not going to see his gaffes on CNN. Uh, or ABC or any of these. I mean, for all of it's like it's it's it must be just imagine being him, right? If like if he's aware of the situation, how embarrassing and patronizing it must be having to be propped up, having your horrible behavior propped up and uh, enabled by your family, by your political establishment, by the media. Um, I actually do feel sorry for Joe. I mean, some people wonder if he maybe he's being forced to do this. Well, I don't know. I mean. <laughs> I don't think he's mentally competent to do this for sure. Didn't hasn't he run for president before? I don't think so. Mm. But you know, I was thinking during the break, he's promised to to pick a woman for his vice president. Yeah, it's obviously going to be Hillary, right? Oh, that that's I'm unsure. I think uh, I'm more I'm more on the side of like someone like Kamala Harris or someone someone who's somewhat of an outsider because I think if he if he gets Hillary it's going to get a lot of negative like there's there's still a lot of bad blood regarding Hillary I think like a lot of people consider that should think that she gave the she basically gave a presidency away to Trump compared to if it was Bernie I think if he does have Hillary it would um, alienate a lot of the Bernie Sanders um, crowd that would have voted for him anyways or time will tell I, don't I know. hope he doesn't pick Harris. The Democratic Party doesn't seem to care anything about Bernie Bros. They just don't seem to care. They don't seem to. They seem to have a strange disconnect from reality and the consequences of choosing candidates that well, are. You're presuming they want to win, and I'm not sure that that's the case this go around. I mean, when they put up Hillary Clinton, and then the next election cycle they put up Joe Biden. You're right. It's hard to believe that they genuinely want to win any of this. Any of these races. But why wouldn't they want to win? Do you th- Are they conspiring to keep Trump in office? Is that your suggestion? I don't know what. I mean, <laughs> I if they go, Bernie seems like the most electable of the crew. Remember when and it wasn't of that the, long ago of, of the surviving when ones. Bernie I mean, was Tulsi the presumptive was nominee. Better. Right. Like he was getting between 30 and 40 percent in the numbers and kicking everybody's butt, including Trump's. And then the DNC, in the form of uh, Obama, had to come in and, you know, basically, oh, well, you know, this whole democracy thing isn't working out. So we have to make sure that, uh, um, that we get the right guy in there. And what? I mean, I don't I, I can't I'm not claiming to understand. I do not. Well, I, I think in this case, it could be a divide between the two parts of the Democrat Party where you have like the the upper echelon, like the corporate elitists, right? The you know the billionaires, the people who would support Hillary Clinton or Mike Bloomberg versus the Bernie bro types, the more economic populists. I mean, I think it's 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 uh, similar to the divide between liberty, you know, there's like libertarians in the Republican, Republican Party, Party so libertarians versus the moral in the, majority. Yeah. So liber- libertarians in the Republican Party are as to Bernie bros in the Democrat Party. Yeah, uh, well, yes, but it's, you know, the uh, the Republicans put up with Mike Pence. 
And the libertarians in the Republican Party, uh, especially after the 2008 campaign of Ron Paul, had a noticeable impact for a few years in the direction that the Republican Party took. The Tea Party. Yes. I mean, it went downhill very quickly after that. But for a brief period, they were very relatively, not very, relatively influential within the ranks of the Republicans. I think that the the Tea Party people probably found out pretty quick that— Wow, this system's this is a feature of the system, not uh, the system malfunctioning. This is what it's supposed to do. And I think that the Bernie people are beginning to see this, too, is that the system is about keeping the people in power in power. It's not about serving the interests of the voters. I don't know that they're ever going to get that because we still have these people out there who say no. The we need to stay at home. We need the government to enforce stay at home orders with the military and all kinds of other crap because the government loves us. Well, I think the I think there's value to the stay at home orders, um, but, but value to there's value staying to staying at, at home. home, right? Staying at home, there's value to. So it's like you know, if a cop enforces seatbelt laws, he's never going to come after me because I wear my seatbelt. And I'm generally not going out. Fortunately, I have the value of be—I have the the luck of being essential, right? So nobody's—if anybody bothers asking me, I'm just like I do whatever I want. I'm essential, <laughs> right? But um, well, especially here has. in New Hampshire, where it allows the individual to make their own determination about what is or isn't essential. There you go. And hey, do you really need to go do this thing at 10:45 at night? Yes, this is essential. But cops are <laughs> arresting people for going to the beach, which. By the way, sunlight and salt water kill stuff. So these are good. Um, why would you arrest people for going to the beach? Why would you arrest a guy out surfing by himself? Right. Is is the question. Oh, and it's going to get worse. I saw I, one of the stories I have is in uh, Los Angeles. I think it's in Los Angeles, at least in California, if we're going to f- fine people up to $1,000 for not wearing a mask or not not covering your face at all. Yeah, that, yeah. We have that in front of us. Uh, Pennsylvania, of course, making it difficult for and dangerous to buy liquor. There's been rumors of New Hampshire and Vermont closing their borders to each other going on for like a week now. It's that's about the, time. That's the reason I'm here. <laughs> that's the reason I'm here is because I was afraid of interstate border closures. Yeah. Um, and I didn't want to be stuck on Saipan when I want, had wanted to leave. I really only left two weeks earlier than I wanted to. But I got to accompany my family this way and didn't get stuck. Well, Sununu... His Excellency King Sununu has at least said that, you know, governors don't have the authorities to shut down borders. But state troopers do evidently have the authority to pull over anyone with an out-of-state license plate, and that's already... The next-generation wallet is coming from Divi. In just a few taps, you'll be able to send, earn, spend, and exchange digital money in seconds. Send money around the globe with only a swipe. Instantly exchange between Divi, Bitcoin, and Fiat right in the mobile app and withdraw directly to your bank account. Divi already offers the first one-tap solution for earning passive income with crypto. Multi-tiered masternodes allow everyone to partake in the network. Visit DiviProject.org. DiviProject.org. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. You can call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. That toll-free number is 855-450-3733. And with you tonight, it's Aria. Vincent. 
And Mark. And a lot of people are just terrified of the coronavirus. They don't want to come within six feet of people. They don't want to touch people. They generally don't want to even see people. Well, there's one option. Now, that's just what I do all the time. I agree. But there's one option, and as far as I'm aware, only one good option for actually going to a store, paying, and leaving without having to touch the card processor, without having to hand them cash and get back cash, and that's cryptocurrency. Today's the day, right? Right now we are experiencing when cryptocurrency can really shine. Instead of taking those dirty dollars, you can just do it all on your phone. And any pay is what makes this possible, and... You can earn money made use, uh, from purchases made using Bitcoin Cash and Dash at businesses that you sign up with AnyPay. A financial incentive to spread Bitcoin Cash and Dash? That's amazing. You made it happen, so you get the rewards, and the commissions are instant. There's no waiting for a payout threshold or a certain amount of time to pass. No, if somebody goes in there and they make a purchase, you get your commission right then. All you have to do is download the AnyPay Cash Register app and add your cryptocurrency wallet addresses. Then install it at a real-life business and tell us what you did at AnyPayInc.com. Again, that's AnyPayInc.com. Then all customers have to do is walk into the store, put their goods up there, and whip out their phone and scan a QR code. No contact required. It's amazing. AnyPayInc.com. Moving on, the U.S. Appeals Court has evidently, Vincent, you brought in this story, I think, handed a... Hey, a Trump. Oh, oh, yeah. The, the, the joke is, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, yeah, I, I posted it as a joke saying that QAnon was right, but Trump's going to execute the deep state traitor. Yeah, I posted this a while ago. Sorry. Who's the deep state traitor? I don't know. Okay. Have at it. Go. Um, <laughs> no, no, well, no. This is bad. I, I just saw, a, a, because I saw this on the, Q, on the QAnon portion of Twitter where. Uh, you know, for those unaware, QAnon is like this this conspiracy that um, Trump and the military are secretly working behind the scenes to arrest the deep state traitors. So people like the people who go to the Bilderberg Group, Obama, uh, Hillary Clinton, you know, the whole thing with like uh, tying with Seth Rich and the and so uh, a, a lot of it, you know, m- like with most predictions like Nostradamus, a lot of it could is open for interpretation, and a lot of it didn't come true. So in this case, the um. Trump is uh, able to resume federal executions. What was stopping him from doing federal executions? The deep state. So, so how to, how, it sounds like something. There was some legal process that was keeping the federal government from resuming federal executions. Is that not correct? Otherwise, why did the appeals court even get involved? Maybe it was the. Uh, I know there was the drug companies have stopped making some of the lethal injection stuff. So there have been some cases surrounding that. Like it has to be this stuff. You can't use other stuff to execute somebody because it might kill them. Um, I don't know what exactly the problem is. Uh, not that I, I. Not that I support the death penalty, but um, you know. I do. I do have a difficult time feeling bad for some of these people who have done some terrible things, dying in horrifying ways. I just don't think the government's a good organization to meet this stuff out. Well, evidently, uh, digging into this article further, um, the Federal Death Penalty Act required the federal government to follow all execution protocols in the state where the execution is set to take place. Okay. So presumably, in states that don't allow the death penalty. Could they not um, take the 
the the the criminal the the prisoner and move them to a federal prison uh, you know a, a, a federal prison in a state that has the death penalty and then just go about their business i i don't know i don't know it seems like that wouldn't that be extradition nope I think it literally would be, though. No, it's not. Um, so extradition means that they, uh, one state has custody or, um, and another state wants them, or uh, one country has custody and another country wants them. But the United States federal prison system, the BOP, Bureau of Prisons, has custody. They can move you from Florida to Wyoming, and they call this uh, diesel therapy i think maybe when they basically make life miserable on a convict who's att- attempting to make life miserable on them basically just travel him around all the time he never gets a chance to sort of settle in the federal government regularly does this to people um that's it's an accusation well i'm not surprised but let's go to the phones we got rev calling from florida rev you're on free talk live yeah i want to talk about a few things first of all I want to talk about why we need status brutality to keep people in line, and I'm not trolling. I want to talk about political nihilism, and I want to talk about I'm getting tired of people bashing my saints. So, yeah. Okay. Well, the New Orleans Saints? <laughs> no, the St. Parent and St. Bowers and them, but we'll get to that. Let's talk about why we need brutal status authority. Okay. Do you want to hear my synopsis? Yes. All right, bring it. All right, I'm under the influence of Ginzale, so excuse me now. But a long time since I talked to Mezzo, dude looks like a lady looking great there, all right? So listen here. So why we need a boot on people's throats is because inevitably, no matter how well-meaning like you libertarian people are, despite a lot of your nice ideas and more humane and even pragmatic ideas, guess what? There's always going to be, inevitably, a power vacuum. And if we do not seize it, Communist buttholes like Mao and Antifa buttholes and that butthole Stalin will. So you're going to have a boot on your face anyway there, friend. Why not make it be our boot? Go. Well, um, I guess that my response would be is, is that you're right. As long as people accept the notion that there must be someone in power, it's better to have somebody who isn't Hitler, Mao, or Stalin in power than somebody who's not. However... Um, like, you know, what the purpose of Free Talk Live is, is to educate people that, hey, you don't have to be a domesticated puppy dog. You can be a wild and free wolf. Oh, howling at the moon whenever you feel like it. Uh, so, you know, like, yeah, I mean, if you want to be the state's lap dog, and I get that there are people out there that do want this, right? Like maybe they just don't have the intellect or the, the will or, or uh, well, the ability. Well, freedom requires work. You know, freedom requires them to take responsibility for their own actions and to deal with the consequences of their actions. And it's so much Wait, easier in the system. Hold on, Rev. It's so much easier in the system we have set up for them to pass the buck to everyone else. Right. I mean, people want an expert to take care of a problem. And I get that. It's just that those politicians, they're not experts. They're and even if they were power hungry, evil people expert looking criminals. for power, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's what they are. The only expert on how to run my life is me. No one else could have more expertise in that than I do. Let, let, let's go, Rev. What, how do you like that? You, ha- you people have these false you equivocations. People. 
No, you have some correct assumptions, but you're no, Mr. Ed, you're a smarter man. You're a smart man. So I don't want to hear you make these false equivocations. You oh, some people don't have the intellectual capacity. You mean like the 68 Somalian buttholes with their IQs that rape white women and those trash? Yeah, you're right. Maybe there's some white trash that don't have it either. You're right. But dude, there, there are, are stupid people, people everywhere. I think he means false equivalence, well, not false equivocation. Wait, there, there are no, maybe it's not just intellect. Maybe it's devoid of that. Maybe it's pure cold hard efficiency. Maybe maybe people have read Nietzsche or, or read Schopenhauer or whatever. Maybe they don't need that. Look, all I'm saying is you guys do good work, but this is never going to happen. You might as well try to mold the state to fit your own doing oh, instead of, oh, this utopian idea. I do not have that. the belief that somehow Free Talk Live is going to create, after a series of years, a f- absolutely free place. But it is our goal to educate people as to what freedom is, at the very least, and to defend that particular definition. And if it gets applied in life, then, well, that's a good thing. Um, you know, maybe maybe in this area and maybe in that area. I'm only trying to make a freer world, not uh, the idea that somehow we're going to just bring down the entire state. No, I don't believe that. Rev, thank you so much for the call. Uh, good to hear from you after such a long time. See, I think it will happen, but only thousands of years from now. I think we have a very long... We're playing the long game. I, for one, welcome our robot overlords. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. You can call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. That toll-free number is 855-450-3733. With you tonight, it's Aria. It's Vincent. And Mark. And Mark, you wanted to talk more about this this notion of molding the state to your advantage. Right. And this is a common thing that sort of gets debated in libertarian circles, but you know here being here in new hampshire the home of the free state project for many years at this point we moved in 2006 so you know you do the math i i'm too old for this stuff um but it what i've seen is is that when libertarians who have this sort of yeah well um what was the gentleman's name rev called in basically saying that uh, you need to mold the state like, libertarians have lots of good ideas but you need to mold the state into the image that you want it to look like And if you get a hundred libertarians in a room and each one has one issue that they think the state should handle, right? So whether it's animal abuse or... Big L libertarians, sure. Well, even little L libertarians have their one issue, right? I Um, don't. Well... Okay, so we. But I'm an anarchist. You and I uh, and Ian disagree on this term. You and Ian are in one camp where uh, libertarian. We're demonstrating exactly what he's saying, by the way. Libertarian and uh, anarchist and voluntarist all mean the same thing. I do not believe that. I believe that each one of these words means something different. Um, Ian doesn't necessarily mean that anarchist and voluntarist are the same word, but you do. So, well, anarcho-capitalist, we have, anarchist in and of itself. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I still say. don't believe that. I take, okay. I think the market anarch- voluntarist. I mean, whatever you want to call me, they they I'll all take mean the that. same thing. Um, uh, but you know, to me, anarcho-capitalist is taking some of the two of the worst words in the English language, shoving them together, and then expecting people to like you. I'm a uh, shock jock, Mark. This is what I do. Yeah. Well. <laughs> in order to convince people, you must uh, present things in a fashion. No, you that they have can to understand. jar them 
from their delusions. First, then you need somebody to explain to them. That's what I'm here for, okay? <laughs> so um, You need a bright red hair tranny saying, we need to abolish the government. And then for Mark to come in and say, okay, now this is why she's crazy but not crazy. That's why I'm getting emails that say, Mark, when are you coming back? Please come back soon. So the, uh, it's because there needs to be the balance. Now, the um, if you get 100 libertarians in a room and each have one issue that they want the government to fix and be a part of, then they're all going to work on the one issue that they want it to be. And you might as well have Democrats and Republicans at that point, because that's what politicians do. They come in with their one issue, and then they vote with the other people in order to get what they want. You just have politics at that point. Nothing has been fixed. The government doesn't get smaller, even though these people want less government on every other issue. It just doesn't happen because... That's not how that's not how these systems work. Yeah, this because the one issue they may big, want less government on is somebody else's pet issue that they want government on, and they'll work together to make sure that they both get what they want. Government growth is a feature, not a side not, not some kind of side effect. This is what happened. This is what's supposed to happen. This is what it's all about. Well, this Governments is how it's designed. To, I don't want to say that this is how it's supposed to happen, but it's certainly designed to continue Well, the people growing. who de- designed it are the ones who get to decide what it's supposed to do, right? I mean, okay. the the guy who engineered the car and the combustion engine and put it all together or whatever, he's the one that says it goes forward unless you turn this little thingy, uh, you know? And that's kind of what's going on is, is that it's doing what it's supposed to do because yeah. it's supposed to do this. And this is whatever the hell is going on. Um, And we're also not just dealing with 50 libertarians. I mean, 50 libertarians could probably put together some sort of minimal government that isn't too intrusive. But we're talking about 50,000 libertarians, tens of millions of Republicans, tens of millions of Democrats, all with their pet issues. And it doesn't matter if they if they do suddenly become libertarians overnight about their other issues. They'll all want their pet issue to be addressed. And then you have a government that's the same size as the one we have today. Yeah, and it you know, and it's growing at a rapid pace. And it's all because people have that one issue that they aren't willing to let go of the state regarding. If they let go of that one issue, the government wouldn't grow because the government wouldn't exist. Right. There are government programs that I like better than other government programs. You know, I can have a conversation about what I think uh, the government should do in any given circumstance. If I were the state, what would I do? But the state isn't a thing. The state is a bunch of power-hungry people trying to shove their pockets full of your money. Um, so and they're very good at that. Oh, that that it's a feature, right? Like it's two trillion dollars stimulus package. Let's let's go ahead and take a look at uh, the politicians that come in, how much money they have, and the politicians that go out, and how much money they have. This is a feature. Thomas Jefferson came in and came out broke because that's how he thought the government should work. Probably the most moral of the founding fathers out there, the reason that I'm you know, bringing him up. Uh, certainly he's got... Certainly. I would tend to agree. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I, I'm not trying to hold him up or anything like that. He certainly could have done some more on slavery. And he himself chided himself for his use of the, the incipient Navy, um, you know, to with the Tripoli pirates and, and all that stuff. You know, whatever. Uh, but, you know, to me, he gets the award for most moral of the founding fathers. I would say least reprehensible. There you go. 
not most moral. Yep. Because I'm, he did own slaves. I mean, he owned other human beings as property. I, I don't think the word moral. His can argument apply. would be that he was treating them better than everybody else. And um, where was where would you go at that time to be free? I don't know. I mean, I'm I could make arguments in both directions on his sure. know, use of slavery, but right? Do you would you want to be? completely free with no money it's not like he had a whole bunch of money at any point um which well that's like asking would you like to be completely free or would you like to have the coronavirus and my answer was silly i would i would rather be free yeah i'd rather be free and poor than in a cage and wealthy i'll yeah i wonder what it would have been like if he would have gone out and said hey gang um i'll let anybody go and we're sending whatever conveyances um north and i'll try to get you up there and then I'll let any of you go, but that's all you get. You just get freedom. He could have also offered them jobs. I mean, he left office broke, but he wasn't always broke. Yeah, I I don't know that he had jobs. I mean, basically his yeah, job was Monticello. Um, well, then why did he own slaves? To do those jobs. Okay, so he had jobs. I see. He just didn't want to pay them. Well, <laughs> that's why. Okay, <laughs> hold on. That's the problem with slavery. Agreed. <laughs> but that was the problem with uh, an undeveloped, non-industrial uh, economy, is, is that basically to compete in a marketplace, you had to have slaves because everybody else did. It's the reason that you can't— I can't argue with that. You can't make tennis shoes in the United States— and well, you can, but you have to drastically lower the standard of living for Americans in order to do so. You yeah. have to pay them $2 an hour wages. So maybe that was the issue even back then, is that wage inflation had already taken effect, and the his standard of living was higher than it should have been. So should he have, I, I suppose the morally right thing to do would have been to sacrifice his standard of living in order to pay right. his He slaves. probably could have sold Monticello. And then given all of his slaves some money and sent them northward to live free lives. But Until they ran out of money and starved because well, they probably nobody get, would have hired them. Presumably, eh, no, you know, there were black communities in, in New York and, and Massachusetts and stuff like that. They were okay. putting things together up there. You would know better than I. I think it was like the first female millionaire or billionaire was a black woman who invented some type of shoe. Mm, I don't know. I've, I think I've read the story, but it's been a long time. Yeah, there was something in place, but – and consider that being an employee in – what year are we talking about here? 1788, whatever the, the time frame is. Yeah, something like that. Late 1700s, early 1800s. Wasn't a delightful experience. Well, it's not right? a delightful experience now. Well, bosses You're not likely beat to get employees. Maimed. No one has ever beat – I have never been at a job where, you know, it wasn't in prison where I was beaten by a boss. You are correct. But was it labor laws to stop that, or was it an evolving society? To oh, I wouldn't claim that? it was the labor laws. I think it was, a, 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 you know, and that I mean, basically most I could do go credit work. The labor laws are like, well, thank goodness we have labor laws because we used to have four year old kids getting maimed working in glass factories. And, I'm, and I'm, it wasn't the labor laws that put a stop to that. It was people saying, hey, this isn't the way to have anything function, this isn't right. Well, I mean, if you've ever tried to get four-year-olds to work at anything, I, th- I suspect it probably took more time to uh, to try to get them to do the job than it would ever to get well, them. Well, that, that was what caused employers to beat their employees was, oh, you, you don't want to do this? Well. <laughs> well, um, the, right. If the employee gets to uh, leave work at the end of the day, they're an employee. And if they choose to come back the next day, then I guess it's better than not having work. 
and even if it's a beating. I'm not defending that behavior today. Well, yes, if McDonald's, I shouldn't be using McDonald's, if if the people at, uh, you know, McBurger uh, decide to beat uh, their employees, then the people will go to um, uh, King Donald's to, uh, <laughs> to, to work instead. Yes. Yes, they will. Donald King. That's what I should have said. Better. <laughs> And, I mean, it's communication about how other people are living and how good they have it that allows that sort of thing to function for all day. competition. Yeah. 855-450-3733. This is Free Talk Live. Remember when you first heard about Bitcoin? How long did it take you to realize this little project would soon change the world? Do you kind of wish you had gotten involved sooner? Well, now is your chance to be part of the next revolution in money. Intercoin is working to finally make crypto go mainstream. It's designed to be scalable enough to support everyday payments and even elections without the state. Bitcoin was originally supposed to be a peer-to-peer cash system, the way we would all pay one another without having to trust any third party. But instead, over time, it mostly became a store of value. That's because every 10 minutes, the Bitcoin network must put all transactions into a block. And that block can only hold so much. If crypto is to become mainstream, for everyone to use it in everyday payments, we need a new architecture, one that's as secure as Bitcoin while being far more scalable. Check out intercoin.org to find out more and maybe pick up some of those coins for yourself. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. You can call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. That toll-free number is 855-450-3733. And with you tonight, it's Aria. It's Vincent. And Mark. And you know, I kind of get a sense that things are beginning to return to normal because my Google News feed was not filled with crap about the coronavirus. For once, it's it's stuff related to the coronavirus, like how difficult it's become to buy liquor and other economic effects the the government's actions have had on people, but not so much the virus itself. Now, who is this Dr. Fauci, Fauci, I don't know what their name is, and why are they suddenly the spokesperson for coronavirus? Well, so— He's got some title. Trump appointed him, and now Fauci is very tied in with like Bill Gates and the you know sort of like the you know the elite or cabal is whatever people would call. So Trump appointed him to be the head of his coronavirus task force, and for some reason, right, this guy's a medical doctor, but for some reason he's able also being allowed to make economic decisions for the country, right? He's the one saying we're not going to be able to. uh, He's like repeating Bill Gates's talking point, saying that we can't reopen the country until there's a vaccine. And uh, it's they, sort of like they he, expect that to take a year and a half, though. Correct? Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like they, there's there, there appear to be people out there willing to say things like, "The country isn't going to be open in 2020." Um, and I don't think Americans are going to put up with this. Now, I do agree agree with Fauci on one thing. No, they'll kill themselves, uh, or they'll kill each other. <laughs> um, is this that he doesn't think that Americans should ever shake hands again? And I'm with him on this. I'm with him on that. I have shaken my last hand. Um, I'm just not going to do that anymore. I'm going to try try my best to remember. When I go to these conventions, sometimes people catch me off guard and I do it. But uh, I try very hard not to. 
Uh, I think we're better off coming up with some other system for greeting each other. Whatever that system might be, I'm willing to look into it. I think the best one is to exchange hand sanitizer. Uh, here you go. Blook. But, um, you know, not everybody's going to want to go for that. A hug is better than a handshake. I agree, but being the person I am, I don't want to live in a society where we just walk up to people and start hugging them. Well, well, how about Roman salutes, right? We could bring those back. They used to do them for the Pledge of Allegiance before the 1940s, right? You have zero <laughs> contact. You just, uh, I'm not going to do it on camera, but uh, zero contact. You just say, hey, hey, Arya, how's it going? Hey, Vincent. Or, or black power salutes, you could call it like that with a fist closed, uh, however you want. You know, those could make a comeback. Well, let's What about not. fist bumps? Could fist yeah, yeah, bumps replace you, the handshake? No, no, but you still touch the person, so you could still get germs. It's better. It's, a fist, fist bump is like 10 times better than a handshake. Well, elbow Yeah, because I imagine your palms uh, are el- going to be... Elbow bump, better than well, a fist bump. Well, but that, sure. No, no, hold on now, because Head people bump. are supposed Head to cough better. into their elbow, right? <laughs> We're supposed to cough into our elbow, right. so no, we can't do elbow bumps anymore. <laughs> we could all just wear football helmets and clunk each other's uh, in the head. Football... Foot bumps as well. Just <laughs> go around kicking each other. <laughs> um, Innovace, well, innovative take a look solutions at Japan here on Free Talk Live. Where they bow. That's just their thing to do is to bow at each other. And well, that's better. I'm definitely not going around bowing to people. <laughs> I guess it depends on what a bowing means to you. Or like, you know, for, for me, I would do if I'm if I'm walking in town, I see someone, I have my headphones in, I just sort of do like, you know, the lower the head, right? Because yeah. you acknowledge for presence. I the, always liked that. The head nod. The head nod. Yeah. Well, let's go to the phones. We've got JT calling from Pennsylvania. JT, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, thank you. I'm calling about the uh, shutdown of the Pennsylvania liquor stores. Yeah, I was a case. You're taking this badly, huh, JT? Yeah. I would take Excuse it badly. Me? You're taking this badly, huh? I'm stocked. <laughs> a, <laughs> don't worry about me, brother. I'm not worried. <laughs> there was a, there was a, I know. I'm, I, I always call drunk, so by the way. <laughs> there was a case that went to the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, I, th- I believe 2018, to privatize the liquor sales. And a compromise was, was made where uh, wine and beer could be sold on, a fine, on finite liquor licenses. That means that there's only so many of them, and that's it. And then, and then, so that passed. So now, beer and wine can be sold in gas stations, grocery stores, etc. But the PA government would hold on to the liquor sales. So state stores were not privatized. Governor Wolf obviously fell on the side of privatization, and obviously a truckload of money at his front door by the privateers. And if and when the new normal happens. The liquor stores will go private, and they are using COVID to circumvent the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania's government ruling. What do you think? Well, um, I'm, I guess I'm not surprised that the government's doing what the government wants to do without uh, you know, it really being necessarily even legal by their own standards. Okay. And um, one more thing. Uh, you've been taken off the air locally here um, you were on Saturdays and Sundays. Um, the uh, large conglomerate that bought the radio station here has taken off all talk radio, and they've just put on basically commercial-free music. Oh. 96.7. Well, it sounds like they're probably, yeah. you know, they just took it over and they're creating a plan. I, I can't imagine they would play commercial-free music indefinitely. Certainly not. Yeah, yeah, just just until things get back normal. But one more thing, I just have one more thing. I'm a big shortwave guy, 
and there's a there was or at least as far as I know a large tower in Okeechobee and you could get uh, Radio Havana all the way up the East Coast but now they're something or someone is pumping in like you know B-52 songs and <laughs> whatever else to try to stop that sort of jumping could it be you know VOA you think I don't, I, I don't know what that means. Voice of America, because I like at least when Bill Cooper uh, was no, broadcasting. No, no, it's not Voice of America. It's um, it's something that's just playing like these random like '80s songs, you know, like Love Shack and stuff like that. And, and it's what it's doing is it's, it's it's jumping the Okeechobee Tower, whatever is jumping that. How, however, Radio Havana was getting into the country. They're trying to. Stop it now. Whether they totally have, have stopped that from happening is, I'm still exploring that. But now but let me get back I, to the question about the liquor stores. Um, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania has closed all of its liquor stores, right? Absolutely, that's correct. Yes, and that's very dangerous thing. <laughs> yeah, that's that's extremely yes. stupid and extremely dangerous because, according to the article I have in front of me, uh, New Jersey is now being overwhelmed. By Pennsylvanians who want to buy yes. liquor, well, isn't it cheaper and, in New Jersey also? In in general, and, and, and if I may, my my nephew lives in Delaware. They have stopped Pennsylvania residents from going into Delaware to buy liquor. How they do they stop them? Set up roadblocks, roadblocks? on the Delaware Pennsylvania border to stop people from Pennsylvania to come into Delaware to buy liquor. Now, there which, which side of the border did this? Delaware. Um. Well, yeah, Delaware did it. Because they don't want people from Pennsylvania coming in buying liquor. And you can't come back or if, if you manage to get in, and if you come back out, I imagine there's somebody on the other side waiting for you to say, hey, is your trunk full of liquor? You're but liquor screwed. isn't illegal in Pennsylvania. They've simply closed. Liquor is not. It's just, it's just, it's just you can't buy it, okay, because the, state, the state's got you coming and going. They sell you the liquor, and then they arrest you when you drink too much of it. Well, and if right you're out now, in they're, public, they're selling zero. they'll arrest you if you drink too much, for sure. That that's for sure. But but what I'm saying is is that is that they're selling zero liquor right now. So anybody who wants to drink liquor has to find another way to do it. Or they could I just drink beer and wine. I mean, I suppose, but um, that's too fattening. <laughs> there are those right. There are those out there that want to drink. I drink a lot of wine. I, I don't beer beer for sure. Well, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Wine is. And that's and that's fine. But some of us would prefer to drink liquor. And I, I don't see how – I think what I'm what – I'll, I'll, I'll make my point again, then I'll get off the air. They're circumventing the Supreme Court law that said that there was, there would be no privatization and that the state would hold on to the liquor stores. And they would – and they gave a concession where they were like, okay, you can sell beer on these finite liquor licenses yeah. at you know convenience stores and stuff like that. But we're holding on to the liquor you know, to the end. JT, thank you so much for the call. I'm not sure it sounds like they're circumventing it. It sounds more like the Supreme Court bound their hands, and now, you know, Pennsylvania is seeing the consequences of that since they can't have private liquor stores. 
This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. You can call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. That toll-free number is 855-450-3733. And with you tonight, it's Aria. It's Vincent. And Mark. And the Next Generation Wallet is coming from Divi. In just a few taps, you'll be able to spend, earn, store, and exchange digital money in seconds. Divi says you'll be able to spend, send money around the globe in only a swipe. And instantly exchange between Divi, Bitcoin, and Fiat right in the mobile app and withdraw directly to your bank account. There's no need to wait, though, as Divi already offers the first one-tap solution for earning passive income with their multi-tiered masternodes that allow anyone to earn by supporting the Divi network. When the new wallet launches, because of Divi's relationship with Western Union, Divi will be in more than 200 countries, including the United States. You can learn more at diviproject.org. That's D-I-V-I project.org. Now, Easter is coming up. Mark, I'm not a Christian, so I don't do Easter. When is Easter this year? Uh, it's the middle of April. I'm... It's the 12th. Quakers don't do holidays, so oh, I don't have to so know. you wouldn't know either. Okay. Well, evidently in Kansas, the whole... I've been curious from the start how this imposition of gathering limits was going to affect churches, right? Which regularly have more than 10 people there, but they their right to gather and worship is unequivocally protected by constitutions at the state and the federal level. Unless there's a virus. Well, then it's still protected. The government just doesn't care that it's protected. And nobody seems to care that the government doesn't care. So now you've just got, you know, whatever. That's not necessarily the case in Kansas. Um, Governor Laura Kelly's executive order restricting the size of religious gatherings amid the coronavirus outbreak was overturned today after the state's top prosecutor said that it likely violates the Constitution. Well, that's um, now we're talking about uh, lawyers, uh, you know, looking at their laws. And I think that some lawyers can look at the I don't see any of these. Uh, stop work orders as constitutional from what i can tell like where is it i don't think the president can do this he hasn't declared martial law and even if he does nothing in the constitution gives him the authority to declare martial law well it the mentioning of martial laws in the constitution so presumably the declaration of it is is there right well let me take a look well, i'm not meantime- an expert on the constitution because i think it's a largely useless sheet of paper written by a bunch of dead dudes who don't have any right whatsoever to rule over me but well, in the meantime, what he could do is have sign a uh, an emergency uh, an emergency declaration. I forget exactly what it's called. Which United States? We're under like dozens of emergency orders and such, right? He he signed one. Uh, it's a, as via as an executive order. So as a, in the executive branch, he could say that we're under a state of emergency because of I think in 2017 we were put under a state of emergency because of human rights abuses. So Trump could very well just put uh, put us under like a state of emergency because of a virus and gives him all this power to to do stuff. And it's within the court's prerogative if they want to stop him or not. So he doesn't have to put do total boots on the ground, you know, military vehicle, martial law. All he has to do is just sign the executive order so it uh, basically says that a um, article 1 section 9 u.s constitution says the privilege of the writ of habeas corpus shall not be suspended unless when in cases of rebellion or invasion the public safety may require it now was this in the original constitution or was this amended to it later that's the original u.s constitution which came after the articles of confederation 
Okay. Well, well perhaps, screw that then. Perhaps illegally uh, brought in. Then the Constitution has gone from something irrelevant to me and my worldview to something that absolutely should be destroyed and should not exist. Because, yeah, I'm, good- I'm, I'm sorry. I'm glad you brought up the fact that it was uh, perhaps illegally because it was under the threat of a military coup. It was called the Nubau, or I can't pronounce it, the Nubau Conspiracy, where like a group of officers from a continental army, they weren't under, under the, the coup was, they, they tried to get George Washington to help them overthrow the government in continental Congress because they weren't paid. Although some, you know, there's some, you know, the conspiracy about that is that it was in conjunction with the Federalists in Congress who wanted the Constitution because they wanted the federal government to have more power while the i guess they're called like democrat republican anti-federalists anti-federalists like you know people like thomas jefferson they were fine with the articles of confederation so the the, it was it was a whole coup there was never the threat of a military overthrow and george washington could have been in on it the entire time so yeah the constitution in a sense was put under duress what was installed in this country under duress uh, Rhode Island actually, they threatened blockade if they didn't sign the Constitution. So I mean, oh, you know, the, how how is that signing legal? You know, it, it isn't. Interesting. I've never heard any of these things about the Constitution. That's because everybody uh, acts like it was, uh, you know, that that God gave George Washington the the stone tablets on the top of Mount Vernon, <laughs> and that this is a holy document. But so they threatened it's to not. blockade Rhode Island if they didn't support. The Constitution. Yeah. And you're saying that the Federalists allied with the military, essentially— That's the conspiracy. Okay. The, I mean, there, there was, you know, there, there was a conspiracy of a military to overthrow Congress and install George Washington as a dictator because they, and I, under the claim that they weren't getting paid, right? And the story is, is that George Washington, when he addressed the conspirators, he put on his reading glasses and said, oh, excuse me, I've gotten old of all of you. And he gave his speech and everyone started to cry and they decided not to overthrow the government. To, to me, you know, that, that's like the mythology of it, right? That's what I learned from my father when he told me as a child. And, you know, right, I, I didn't learn anything. Any of this in public school, right? I learned all of this in a, a military warfare class uh, in college. So you know, gee, leave it to the you, you can't leave it to the public schools to teach you any of this stuff, right? Well, they they just want to get the broad strokes, and the broad strokes are all these people. You know, these are these are our heroes, y- even know? though yeah. they're all white and racist. Well, yeah, there's that too. So yeah, there's like infighting now among the public schools and the state propaganda apparatus, which is which is good. Yeah, but what are they fighting about? Uh, yeah, yeah. Nothing that libertarians are um, you know, going to benefit from. <laughs> it's like, you know, do you want peanut butter or jelly? Or do you, which one do you prefer? I mean, at, at the end of the day, you know, some people might have a preference if they want more peanut butter than jelly, but at the end of the day, you're still going to peanut butter and jelly sandwich, so shut up. I've been amazed that parents throughout the United States aren't saying, okay, well, the public school system is clearly inadequate for dealing with the coronavirus. Maybe we should look into some of these homeschooling programs that exist since we're literally homeschooling our kids now anyway, let's go to the people who have been doing this for decades. Well, a lot of people don't want to be responsible for their kids' education. But they, they have to be now. I know, but they don't like it. They're like <laughs> completely harried, um, you know, like, oh, I don't know what to do. I can't believe that. I don't know what, what I'm going to do. I don't know what they're going to do either. Don't have kids. When we signed up, well, yeah, but you can't, once you've got them. There they are. <laughs> you know, well, school is a subsidized daycare program. I, I work in public middle class welfare babysitting school. day prison. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I mean, kids would get sick too, and the, kid, the parents would send their sick kids to school just because they don't want to lose work. Uh, they don't want to you know waste time, at, uh, take time away from work to take. Care.
care of them. So should these people even be allowed to have kids in the first place? And, um, you know, I would say they have to be allowed because we obviously don't have the right to stop them. Yes. Right. Look at what government school costs and then look at what it costs to deliver them over Zoom, which is what's happening now. Um, It's significantly less costly. This isn't about education. This is about taking care of people's kids so they can go to work. It doesn't make any sense to me, though, because the, the kid isn't like required to do any of that. And if the kid doesn't do it, there's no one to force them to. You mean at well, home? Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com, allowing you to buy or sell Bitcoin cash via dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposit, remittances, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Finally, a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin cash. Local.bitcoin.com This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. You can call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. That toll-free number is 855-450-3733. And with you tonight, it's Aria. It's Vincent. And Mark. And Mark, tell me about Intercoin. Yeah. Intercoin's architecture enables programmable coins with a variety of applications. Merchants can add tags like books, food, or clothing to their products, and authorized users can see statistics on how money was spent. Experts can analyze the local economy. Donors and investors can have more confidence. Everyone in the community can have a real-time consumer price index to inform their domestic decision-making and address issues like rising prices or shrinking wages. Intercoin is attempting to regain some of our freedoms that are threatened on the Internet and here in the real world. Meet spaces, we call it. Uh, we think that it's imp- that it's important here on Free Talk Live. So important that FTLs accepted forty thousand dollars worth of Intercoin tokens from Intercoin Inc. for advertising. If you think freedom's important too, check out Intercoin at intercoin.org. You can invest in this project and potentially make big gains, or just be involved and perhaps shape its future. Intercoin.org. So with Easter just a few days away, the Legislative Coordinating Council voted 5-2 to two to undo the order that limited in-person religious services and funerals to 10 people. Now, this only affects you if you live in a place where the government is not used to resistance. We've been meeting every Friday night here in Central Square, which is the heart of Keene. And we've been, but it's not illegal because you don't have enough people, I was right? going to say all oh, no. nine of us. We hit 11 people last week. Okay, with the hobo. Yes, but we were at 10 people without the hobo. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, we're openly drinking. We're not. Uh, some people are. And I don't think that's wise. I don't endorse that. But, hey, you do you, man. But you ha- we have cops and state troopers driving through Central Square all night. There's an, there's an open case of freaking corona sitting on the fountain. <laughs> and It's corona. <laughs> yeah. I mean, They're what else would they bring? Drink. I don't know. But it's it's because the government here in Keene and its enforcers are used to that kind of crap from us. 
So just like it's not worth it, just keep driving. Look it the other is not way. worth it. Don't give uh, you know. I <laughs> my advice to the government gang on this one is do not give them the publicity. <laughs> but here in Kansas, they haven't created that culture. So religious people are now going to be exempt, and they're going to have these. In Florida, they arrested a minister for having um, services. Yeah, for breaking the stupid law, right? I I think that. You know, like, look, of of all the things that aren't constitutional, shutting down church services is the most unconstitutional <laughs> of the unconstitutional stuff they're doing. Like, like right behind is, them, like forcing troops to to uh, sleep and live in our homes. If this went on for any length of time, um, heads on petards is the solution to this. Heads on what? Petards. Okay. I don't know that, you know, I'm shocked by so many of the Christians I see and how they're responding to this with basically some of the most horrific nihilistic statements I've ever heard. They sound more like a nihilist than I do. They're like, well, I guess it's time for the culling with all these stupid people going out. Excuse me. I don't think Christ would endorse that statement. Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, I'm totally living up to the teachings of Christ. Christ wants me to respect science. Christ wants you to treat other human beings like human beings not cattle to be culled because they have mad cow disease. What happened to you and how did you stray so far from the words of the dude that literally inspired the name of your religion? And I, I mean, like, if they talk about science, I mean, I, I don't think, what, what does science have to say about someone who's re, who, who rose from the dead? Another excellent right. point. I, I, Science I, and Christianity have never gotten along very well. So, uh, I, I mean, and I, I agree with the, that I've seen a lot of... Uh, a bit like horrid behavior from uh, so-called Christians recently, even some that I'd consider like just going along with it where they say, oh, you know, if you if you question the government, that's rebelliousness. You're behaving like Lucifer. It's like, OK, questioning the government, forbidding people from that's why getting, I'm a Satanist right there. What he just said from well, what's if, the reason? It's, because uh, questioning the government is like Lucifer. Well, no, they, they, I, I disagree. I mean, I, I disagree with the way that they they put it out, but that's why I've been ashamed by a lot of these some you know some right. pastors who I used to respect, or I still do. I mean, I shouldn't let one issue lose my respect. But yeah, they're saying, oh, you just gotta you gotta listen. You can't protest anything ever because that's that's say that's satanic. Even though they they also say that the government's run by Satan, right? Uh, by a bunch like a religion created by a bunch of protesters somehow is about not protesting. I mean, you've got one verse essentially here with that Romans verse or whatever. It doesn't make any sense. I try not to address things as coming from the point of view of religion because basically, you know, there's so many different facets of Christianity and there's all these different denominations. You can't know what any one of these people thinks at any given time. Uh, so I don't. I just try not to spend time thinking about that. But, um, you know, as far as as far as Corona goes, like I said on air last night, Everybody's getting it. Everybody's going to get this corona thing. If it's anything like the flu, and there's a lot of comparisons, in fact, it's probably more virulent than the flu, then it's likely not only that you will get it, but that you'll get it within the year 2020 or perhaps as late as 2021. I don't know how accurate it is to say everyone will probably get it. Okay. Um, if, if we're being pedantic about everyone, okay. Ninety-nine percent of no, the and people. And I don't even mean that. I think it would be more at, at absolute worst, like ten percent. That's not the way um, epidemics. That's how many not the way. Pe- how many people disease. each year catch the flu? 
well, how many people are carrying the flu? Without having any symptoms. I think I, for some evidence, it suggests that like plenty of people technically have. Well, first off, coronavirus, that's a family of viruses, right? That's why they right. use yeah. COVID-19 for a specific strain. of SARS is of the same strain. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a coronavirus. And if you look at a uh, cleaner products, right, it says could kill 99 percent of germs, including coronavirus. I've seen uh, like school textbooks that talk about different types of viruses. They said common name, common cold, scientific name, coronavirus. Uh, and so, and the thing is with viruses, since virus and, and now versus, versus viruses aren't alive, right? They're very, very tricky uh, things. Well, it right? depends on the definition you use, and of being alive. Uh, yeah, yeah right. I would also point out that we we don't really have a definition, a scientifically valid definition that separates life from non-life in the first place, and that really only comes to a head when we're dealing with viruses. That's a good. That, that's a good point. So, like, and, and that's so. The, the, um, from what I've read, the line of thinking I've read is that. We're constantly there's viruses everywhere, right? All over our body. But sure. when we get sick and show symptoms, that's when a certain virus that is more virulent or that you know, our bodies un- is unused to or it's a bioweapon or is engineered. That's when we start to show symptoms and it, it affects our health because our body's incapable of handling that one specific type of virus. So it could just be that, you know, that's why they said that the people who are most at risk were people with already compromised immune systems. That's why majority of the people who've been dying from coronavirus had either one, two or three underlying symptoms. Right. Or, it- not symptoms, uh, other conditions. If you had the flu, you had the common cold and you had coronavirus, all at the same time. Which one do you die from? At present? Right. Corona. COVID, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we're counting it, right? So I could die from a pneumonia. I could die from falling down the stairs. Right. I could, and but as long as they detect coronavirus in the body, which could just be a regular corona strain, we're saying that people are dying for or people who died with it right they, they say from it but it really should be with it and i've seen this mr Mo, you know the, the, the mainstream media is trying to fear monger right now this is you can tell it's rich when i'm complaining about someone else fear mongering <laughs> but they say oh we might be underrepresenting all of the all of the corona deaths when really i mean all the evidence i've seen they're overrepresenting it because anyone who dies if it happens to have corona they say that they died from corona right so um, but it's not even the coronavirus that kills people it's the pneumonia that it causes in people with weak immune systems well, they just, uh, and uh, with weak lung conditions and there's i there's some discrepancy too, whether or not it's a, if it is pneumonia or if it's something with just a lack of oxygen, right? Because I saw that somewhere this one doctor said that the ventilators are making things worse, or if we're treating the pneumonia when really it, the coronavirus doesn't cause pneumonia. I mean, there's, there's well, a lot of different. Well, it doesn't cause the the virus or bacteria or whatever that causes pneumonia, but the condition of pneumonia is what it causes. The condition, yeah, as opposed to the viral, which pneumonia. is the lungs right. filling with water and being unable to absorb oxygen. Is that just a feature it. of the disease? Of coronavirus, yeah, it is with some people. I see, but not others. Well, if it, it depends them, on their then immune you died system. From the corona. And some people are going to yeah. die from this stuff. Oh yeah. This is Free Talk Live, Talk Radio that you control. Call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. That toll free number is 855-450-3733. Which tonight it's Aria. It's Vincent. And Mark. And Mark, I want to hear all about your ethical eugenics program. Well, first off, <laughs> I I think it's worth pointing out is, is that like this term eugenics, right, has been completely sullied by, I don't know. Maybe it was the Nazis. Just I thinking. think it was probably the Nazis. Just, yeah. just thinking here. But 
you know, like it's 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 worth pointing out that you can think and talk about sort of how to make any system better in humanity or nature and it's fine but if you think or talk about how to make the system of um you know like people themselves right the genetic makeup of people better then um or you know maybe life on planet earth is better maybe 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 there's a number of human beings that say an optimal number for planet earth for any given level of technology at any given time um you know these are possibilities and I don't think anybody should be like vilified simply for having the conversation. So, yeah, I've thought about this a little bit. And I believe that if you were to implement a program of uh, eugenics in the United States and you wanted to do it in an ethical, voluntary fashion, that the way to do it is um, – and, and uh, one more step down real quick – most people listening would agree that there are people out there that should not be parents. And what could we do to figure out who these people are in sort of a broad swath and control those people not having kids? Here's my idea. If you accept welfare, you sign a piece of paper upon the acceptance of welfare and whatever this is, you know, uh, whatever form it is, you, saying basically something to the effect of, and obviously you'd need lawyers to write this out. You need to sound a little better, bet better, but I can't handle life on life's terms. So I'm accepting this check. Part of accepting this check, I am going to, uh, you know, do whatever it is. Uh, maybe it's one of these, uh, you know, shots that uh, make it so that you can't have kids for five years. Maybe it's uh, a tubal ligation. Maybe it's a vasectomy. Whatever it is, um, all of these things are undoable. But, um, you know, to me, that's not necessarily the important part. It's just a part to make this more palatable. OK, because to me, if you accept the welfare and you sign a piece of paper that says something, to the effect of I accept this welfare under uh, knowing knowing that the conditions are this, this and this. Um, and one of those conditions is, well, you're not going to get on here and have a bunch of kids and increase the check that we're giving you because you've already shown you can't handle life on life's terms. So why would we let you bring more kids in? And the only reason or at least one of the reasons would be. Because it gets you a bigger check. Now, that's a bad idea. People need welfare and they need help. But just saying, here's a system for dealing with this. Okay. Uh, two, two things immediately come to mind. You talk okay. about making the human gene pool better and ecosystems better and things like that. Uh, what, what, what do you mean by better? Because there's going to be substantial disagreements along those lines. Sure. Um, and so, better for some isn't better for all. You're not making it better for the people on welfare who want to have kids. Right. Okay. So there's a couple of things that I value, and I think that uh, society sees as valuable traits or should see as valuable traits. One is sort of the difference between ants and grasshoppers. We all know the old fable uh, that the, the, the grasshopper played while the ant worked, and then when winter comes around, the ant has all kinds of uh, food put up and the grasshopper's going hungry. And, you know, this is an old one about you know, back when governments didn't just give you free crap for screwing around that, um, you know, so diligence, hard but if work. If that's the case, why not just let nature take its toll and let the grasshopper starve and Nobody's going to do that. That's why. 
because it's just not a uh, you asked me whether or yes. not I could create a eugenics system that was voluntary and ethical. You did not ask, I didn't me ask you that. What the you optimal said, would you like to hear about? And I said okay. in two and a half right. minutes, the <laughs> optimal systems. Fine. Freedom's optimal. I'm not arguing that I I'm arguing because I don't know what optimal means. Optimal according to what standards? Well, uh, real life standards. So it's going to be more Darwinian. What you're talking about, more Dar- Darwinian, and I'm for that. Fine. Excellent. Uh, you know, those people that are able to survive are going to do better, and, you know, charity can fill in the gaps and all those things. But charity's nihilistic. Let the weak gazelle die. Uh, I don't. Yeah. If, you, if you have a herd of gazelle all trying to save one wounded gazelle from the lion, what happens? They all die. That's nihilism. We live in a um, we live in a culture that's so uh, statist that you can't sort of just say that charity is somehow bad because charity fills in some of the craps that the statism creates and you know all these sorts of things. Plus, True. people want to give to those who are uh, in bad shape. So, um, that's... Sure, and to an extent, that's a wonderful thing. Do you understand you have derailed my conversation about ethical uh, uh, no, eugenics? Because, no, not at all. Okay. Because my next question is Excellent. whether or not humans actually can improve an ecosystem by whatever standards we want to call it an improvement yep. de- deliberately, or can we only do it by side effects? Because it seems kind of like hubris to suggest that, oh, yes, humans can go in and make changes to this ecosystem to improve it when we've never been able to do that before. We can make changes to it, but most of those aren't even deliberate. Like nobody went into Brazil and was like, you know what, this rainforest here, let's, our goal is to get rid of that. So the, the, that the rainforest the is pretty complicated. Let's look at pigs, for instance. Okay. Um, have we made pigs that are more docile, less likely to break out of cages, produce more meat, uh, produce uh, you know more tallow, um, and do all the things that we want to do? And the answer is absolutely. Okay. We can look I at can traits the point. that we want in animals, and we've created those. I mean, all you have to do is look at a Great Dane, a Chihuahua, and uh, a Borzoi. You know, all in one, and like, oh wow, look, sure, we can do dogs. We create dogs that do all kinds of different things. So, if you single out for a trait, and the two traits that I like are diligence. You know, hard work, diligence, and those sorts of things, and IQ. Um, IQ is the single best predictor. It isn't the greatest in the world, but it's the single best predictor of success in life. Hey, whoa, whoa. You sound like Stefan Molyneux there. What are you, some sort of fascist status? Nope. What's, what's next? You're going gonna to start doing your own show like Cantwell now. It's judging just pe- You're judging people based off of this, you know, artificial... Uh, 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 um, uh, abstract thing called intelligence quotient, and you're not judging people as individuals, Mark. Well, um, I'm only saying that we're talking about a system where one would value these things, and I do value those things. Um, I wouldn't pr- make people with higher IQs have sex with people with higher IQs, and I wouldn't make people who with lower IQs not have babies. Well, generally, the, what, have you ever maintained a relationship with a stupid person? It is overwhelmingly frustrating. Yeah. Um, yes, I have. So uh, <laughs> I had a job. It where... is like talking to a child at the best of times. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, 
it it's you're taking them on as a project. I taught this guy to read, and um, you know, we were we worked together, and you know, he finally achieved the ability to read the newspaper, which was his goal. Um, now, this is the Florida Today newspaper put out by USA Today, so it's written at a fifth grade reading reading level, and fifth grade reading levels pretty good, not. Right, no, but I mean, yeah. you know, you're comp- compre- comprehending. Is it and the average American somewhere around fifth or th- sixth grade? So the, the college students certainly below fifth, right? I've had to. <laughs> I, I've been told to dumb down my writings, and like I'd be writing this article when I'm like dead drunk or crossfaded, and they say, "Dude, you, you got to dumb it down to a fifth grade reading level." <laughs> the um, the worst part of it was that he would walk around with the newspaper and read all the articles out loud to me. But, well, yeah. that's not who I describe as stupid. I have to say because you at know. least he wants to. At least he wants no. to learn. Well, that's a to- desire. Uh, that's based on desire, and he had the ability. Um, you know, when but it's an intelligently motivated posted. desire. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I mean, I, I know college students are able to read to to read and do like you know at least basic math tables, but they don't want to learn. They don't want to do anything else. They just want to be a waste of a uh, waste of skin. And uh, I'd say that that guy you're mentioning is way smarter than most people I know on. Well, campus. his IQ was rated by um, the prison system, and he came out in the high seventies. Um, so I mean, he wasn't a smart man, but it shows it shows what motivation will get you, and motivation will get you really really far. Um, you you know, let's take a look at me. I'm motivated. <laughs> you know, I made it. It's, as far as that goes, you don't need to have some. You know, you don't need to be 160 IQ to do things. You know, you, your motivation's a more important factor, but it's very difficult to quantify it. I would say that intelligence is just as difficult to quantify. And I, I we would... have a test for that. Yes, well, we have tests for motivation as well. Did this person make anything out of their lives or not? Yeah, he became a truck driver. Um, I can check and see, uh, you can check the prison system and see he didn't come back. Well, I didn't mean this person. I mean that's all. generally oh, okay. the test of motivation. You know, is this person sitting at home on welfare playing video games or are they out there being productive? This is Free Talk. When I adopted her, she was a mess. Scabs, itching, licking, missing fur, hot spots, a thin, dull coat. So I take the dog to the vet for the standard run-of-the-mill tests and treatments. No results. I hear your advertisement on the radio. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. So I get the five-pound box of Dynavite and the Lico Chops within a four-week total. Instead of a German Shedder, I have a German Shepherd. Sheba is a 105 lean pounds of shiny, smooth, happy dog for life because she gets fed Dynavite. And the results, they're just incredibly outstanding. And she loves it. When you rescue a dog, you have to do the right thing. You've got to feed them right for life due to Dynavite. Dynavite for life. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. 859-428-1000. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control, and you can call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. That toll-free number is 855-450-3733, and with you tonight, it's Aria. It's Vincent. And Mark. And coming to us from Forbes, and, and we're not even joking here, it's time to put a military officer in charge of the fight against coronavirus, because people are describing it 
in war zone terms. They it's sure like are. a war zone out here. I'm I'm not seeing whatever the hell you people are seeing. The invi- well, no, it's because Trump called it the invisible enemy, Aria, right? That's how dangerous it is. It's invisible. It's an invisible microscopic enemy. Well, the military doesn't have the guns to shoot microscopic enemies. No, the military is an organization that's put together to fight other militaries. Uh, you know, you can try them. You know, try to use them for other things like fighting, uh, you know, terrorist groups and these sorts of things. But that's not what their strong suit really is. Um, and the idea that you're going to put a military guy in charge—no, put an epidemiologist in charge of the fight against uh, Corona and keep an eye on him. In the same way that I would not want weathermen in Florida to be in charge of deciding when the um, uh, evacuation orders go out, because these people would be evacuating us constantly. Well, you have to think that the military, there's many different professions within the military, and now the military is in charge of biological warfare. So, I mean, for, for me, like, on the surface, it makes sense having someone from the military in charge. Like, it's, you know, there's military virologists and such. So, sure. Which, I mean, this might could even fuel the, uh, the theory that uh, COVID-19 is a Chinese bioweapon if we're getting someone from the military to um, fight against it rather than a civilian epidemiologist. Well, it would definitely be a doctor who should be in charge if anybody is going to be in charge. And I, I don't like that terminology, but I would rather be in charge of how I fight the virus. But, you know, if if the state system wants to separate and do its own thing and have someone in charge to fight this virus for them, a doctor would certainly be better than the military. But that's not what people are saying. And, of course, there's this lengthy program that the government has i don't remember what it's called now because we were never able to actually get into it about what to do if the military decides it needs to take over the military has all kinds of protocols in place to do exactly that but coming to us from frank kendall we already have over ten thousand casualties a number that may or may not be reliable and which is less than flu casualties this year isn't it it's less than drunk driving casualty, at least at least so far annually, right? There's like 20,000 people get killed by drunk driving annually, so it's less than the annual drunk driver deaths. The numbers are increasing exponentially, and we'll be talking about multiple tens of thousands of casualties in a matter of days. Our economy has come to a crashing halt, and we don't know when we can get it going again. Maybe it is t- Right, and that's so what we need is a government bureaucrat to make sure that the economy gets going in. What kind of sense does that make? I mean, military guys aren't working in the marketplace. They're the opposite. They were working in, sorry to say this, guys, a socialized system. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're socialized hired killers. Well, that's... That's yeah, their they, job they, description. They've taken, right, they, right. So um, nation, nations fighting nations, which involves people dying, yes, um, is, you know, this, this aspect has been socialized for a long time. This is the purpose of the state, is if you believe the line of the state, the purpose of the state is to protect you from another state coming in and, and taking control. It's quite arguable when you look at uh, sort of uh, archaeological evidence that, in fact, uh, the, the purpose of the state was just basically brigands and robbers who stopped tra- who wanted to stop traveling so they just sort of enslaved people as opposed to robbing them along the roads sure and i mean historically it wasn't even the other state that wanted to take over ours that was really that big of a problem because life wasn't going to change much for the 
for the peasant working in the fields or even for the clergyman at the church or whatever. Things were going to go on largely as normal. They were just going to have a different king. The state was trying to protect itself against other states. And that's always been the case. The whole total war, kill the civilians thing, that didn't really start taking shape until the 20th century. I mean, there were burning of villages and things like that right. during medieval eras. But. So, well, even before that, one of the difficulties is, is if you don't have the city walls in which to be protected, they're going to come and take all your food, which just, or they're going to come, you know, they're going to take the commodities, right? They're going to take your food. They're going to take anything you've got that's considered a commodity, including your wife and daughter. Um, and they'll probably take you, you're a slave, you know, those kind of things. So without the, uh, the city walls, yes, it, while it is true when they finally do take over, that life will go on, but that doesn't mean that life went on well for you in the, uh, you know, you, you, the individual, when one group comes in. Yeah, people have uh, a vested interest in not seeing the state change when they're there, in, you know, sure. controlled by the state. I mean, it is disruptive. Yeah, highly and, disruptive. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, as undersecretary... For, of Defense for Acquisition, Technology, and Logistics in the Obama administration. I forgot what I was going to say. I remember now. Well, I, and then I forgot it again. <laughs> I was deeply involved in our campaigns in Afghanistan and Iraq for several years, and I supported the responses to Hurricane Sandy and to the Ebola crisis. None of those co- operations rose to the scale needed in the fight against COVID-19, but they taught me a lot about how one should manage large, complex operations under stress. And all by, I just want to say, all of those were failed, right? Afghanistan, failure. Iraq, failure. Hurricane Sandy. I mean, I, I lived right on the border of Vermont. They, for years, right, they've still been bitching and moaning, saying that they need more support, they need more help, or still more uh, damage. So, so far, this guy's credentials aren't particularly impressing me. Excellent point. I don't hear any uh, experience in dealing with a, uh, a global pandemic. No, certainly not. The first thing one needs in a war... That that's the, that's the next step of this is to just convince. I mean, because terrorism didn't work, and right. terrorism was at least other people. Oh, I think there's a concerted terror. effort to be able to declare martial law, um, and that that's why we're using this terminology war. And that's scary, and people are going to bite it. I mean, they're going to. I don't know. I think Americans are getting like feeling like we're a little over the hump right now. A lot of people remember it. Just a, it's a, it's a, it's a percentage of the population that says we're not doing this anymore, and there's nothing they can do. They cannot arrest ten percent of the population. You know, once people start saying, "Yeah, we're opening," enough people say we're opening businesses and we're going out or whatever, then the government's going to say, "All right, well, we're ending the quarantine because." It, we think it's the best time when, in fact, it's because they simply can't control it any longer. Yeah, I hope that's going to be the case. I don't know if I don't know if ten percent of American businesses are willing to open right now. I don't think that um, you know, like I think that probably restaurants would have closed anyway, whether they were ordered to or not. Many of them would have shut down because you know they, they were doing it in Saipan. So people stopped going out because going out meant a greater chance of catching the virus. Right. And there weren't any orders necessarily for these restaurants at the time to shut down. They just were shutting down because there's no business. Um, one place I remember in particular was this uh, faux uh, restaurant, pho, or whatever you want to pronounce it. I think it's called Pho 8 uh, was the restaurant. Um, I don't know why they use numbers, but they do. Okay. <laughs> and they were, they were doing a two for uh, a half price special. I mean, when a when a restaurant's doing a half price special, 
something's happening because you know that's a that's a large amount of uh, you know what they need for sort of operations and and it was still empty when I went in. Uh, another issue could be that there's workers they they don't want to return because they can't sanitize. Like some some places here in Keene, we're talking about sanitize spending like weeks sanitizing it. Uh, there was a there was a strike in you know so Amazon right like warehouse workers. You you might think that they wouldn't be as worried as like a someone who's working in food or healthcare about getting sick. There there was a strike. I think the union struck because they said that uh, they weren't in, they, the the company wasn't giving them enough sanitary measures right. And they said like was it I remember that sort of a quote dildos are not essential items uh so i mean if you have fact uh, that's because warehouse- amazon sells those items, yes yes yeah. if you if you have like factory and warehouse workers too afraid to come in for work definitely for food we're not going to want to come in for work yep but if they become broke enough uh, yes they will gladly come into work well these people want um obviously they want not only to uh not come to work but they want to get paid to not come to work and the government's paying people more money than ever not to work for the stimulus bill and they're wondering why the economy is breaking Maybe we should put the military in charge to let more people be out of work. 855-450-3733. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. You can call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. That toll-free number is 855-450-3733. And with you tonight, it's Aria. It's Vincent. And Mark. And you can join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June the 29th until July the 5th for ForkFest 2020 at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. Assuming you're allowed to leave your homes and there aren't Soldiers standing out in the streets making sure you don't go anywhere that isn't essential with your papers and I'm all of the other to, crap. I'm willing to bet that Ian will be there, though. I will be there. Yeah, right. I will be there. <laughs> there, there, there. There's a crew of folks that will be there, yes. presuming that Rogers Campground is open. That is the only thing that could keep us from being there. Right. It's Rogers Campground. Like, we're just it, not may not be, it may not make financial sense to open the place. I don't know. It would for those two weeks of the year. For sure. Yeah, okay. So ForkFest is happening the week after the Porcupine Freedom Festival, and ForkFest is decentralized, which means that no one is in charge. It also means there's no ticket cost. Just reserve your camping site, your RV site, or your motel room with Rogers Campground for June the 29th until July the 5th. And reserving your site means paying for a site to the campground, but not for a ticket to the event, because there is no ticket to the event. And we're better to celebrate Independence Day than around other freedom-loving activists in the Shire. You can just relax and go camping, or you can create whatever experience or event you would like others to have. But if you're planning an event for ForkFest, be sure to let others know in advance. You can do that with other ForkFesters via the unofficial Telegram chat or the ForkFest forum. Links to those are on the unofficial website, ForkFest.party. One more time, that's ForkFest.party. I'm looking forward to it. It may be... The only event that actually transpires this year. It may. It's really hard well, to tell. Anarchapulco already occurred. Did it? Yeah. Okay. I was under the impression it had been canceled for some reason. Nope. It, it occurred. Okay. So, I guess that was before the outbreak the big, really got the big, out of control. The big deal. Yeah. yeah. So um, it will be, uh, you know, maybe perhaps the only event that occurs this year after the uh, the outbreak. So we'll see about that. 
Yeah. I'm looking forward to it anyway. Now, I think Freedom Fest is, they're planning to to do their thing. That's the one in Nevada? Yeah. Okay. Cool. We'll see. Well, I think Burning Man has been canceled this year, hasn't it? I don't know what those uh, socialists are doing. They're not all socialists. I think it's run by the government to run experiments on people. No money. Trade, barter. We just give love here. I've seen plenty of trade and barter at hippie festivals. Well, I, I, they may I've do, also seen they plenty may of do money barter, but, but I think uh, the idea there is, is just give stuff away. Uh, wow, okay. Burning Man. Well, I, I, I heard from people that Burning Man's become very corporate now. Sure. Now, now it's like a style, you know, anything that starts out counterculture eventually becomes part of a culture and then it becomes establishment. Uh, so sort of like with Forkfest and Porkfest. But yeah, I haven't been there, nor do I ever plan on going I'm not there. sure Forkfest has uh, become establishment yet. No, no, I'm talking no, about like th- Pork. That's why it exists, yeah. though, is because the Porcupine Freedom Festival did. Yes, people have had a problem with that, yeah. And certain people were like, no, I we're going to throw our way. own party and, and with pro- hookers and cocaine. And prob- that's, that's a Futurama reference. It was a joke. Yeah, I haven't seen those things at Forkfest. And, and so just like, you know, if the cycle continues, probably Ian one day is going to be elected to be the president of Forkfest, and he'll start banning people, and then people will have to create a new <laughs> a new festival. I, my brain cannot comprehend President Ian banning people from Forkfest. His Excellency Ian. <laughs> Let's go to the phones. We've got Andrew calling from Jackson, Missouri. Andrew, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, guys. How are you guys doing? Hey, what's on your mind? And that's Jackson, Michigan, isn't it? Yes, sir. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, my question was, with the reaction of everyone, uh, when this pandemic news first came out, everyone's run on the stores through toilet paper, Chef Boyardee, you name it. Um, my question is, what what would you guys think would happen if something truly terrible happened now, if that's our reaction to a a pandemic at that point, um, and it affects the United States in multiple different ways, um, but more or less a a smaller population. But if something like a, uh, let's say China, just in general, sends a nuke over, like uh, what, what do you think the, um, what do you think the reaction well, I think we can see what the reaction would be. I mean, like, you can see it. All you have to do is extrapolate that out and see that there would be all kinds mm-hmm. of irrationality and reactions. Now, as I said last night, I'm going to say it again. This isn't the global pandemic. This is the test for the global pandemic. All right? This is to, and I'm not saying that somebody's actually willfully testing or anything like that. I'm not making that claim. What I'm saying is, is that you need to look at this as though, what are the failures in my own system? Because in my opinion, if you don't have enough toilet paper when, when the, the hoi polloi, the unwashed masses, make a rush on toilet paper, then you have already failed, right? Like you should have these things at your house. When I buy a can of beans, I buy two. That's way I have plenty of beans at the house, and then we cycle through them. Um, we have food at the house. I didn't. I at no point did I need to go to the grocery store to get anything because I had all of this stuff. Oh, by the way, y'all are still using toilet paper. Get yourself a bidet or at least a washlet that goes on your toilet. Um, then is all you're using toilet paper for is to dab your unmentionables, and um, you're in, you're in fine shape. So you're you're on team bidet. Yeah, it's it's actually called a washlet. Um, is because but it's the same thing. It's well, it's what people think of when they say bidet. But but uh, but debate bidet. Excuse me, I haven't been drinking the gin like the uh, the other caller. Um, <laughs> the is is a actual 
you know, appliance for the house that does a particular thing, whereas the, you know, a different fancier seat is called a washlet. So, um, yeah. But anyway, yes, I'm absolutely on pe- team. It sounds bidet. like comforter versus bed, bed spread. To okay, me. fine, uh, excellent. That's, <laughs> so I invited Ian. I, I I'm the one who bought one, and then I invited Ian out. Hey, next time you've got to go uh, number two, come, come to on my to my house, house. and stink up my bathroom. Great, yeah, right? Okay. And well, you know, <laughs> and he did, and he brought this dog. By the way, it's always fun to have Jazzy, and he went up there, and within a week, he had one at his house. Because this is an experience that is entirely worth spending four hundred dollars for to continue to have. They're not even for that years. expensive. You can get one on Amazon uh, used, admittedly. So soak it in bleach when it arrives. I mean, if nothing else, I'm sure it's clean and sanitized. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Okay, you've gone <laughs> beyond my tolerance <laughs> level. <laughs> you've never sat on a public toilet seat ever in your life. Uh, no, you're making a good argument. That's significantly worse than a bidet that or a washlet that had been in someone's home and well, that you can drop into a bathtub full of bleach for a few hours. All right. right. Good point. And it's 219 bucks on Amazon. The same model here in the studio, so presumably the same model in your house. Uh, he's got the lower level one. Mine, goes, okay. mine blows air. Of course it does. <laughs> Warm air <laughs> that across your That does not sound like air. pleasant. That does, well, it I, does yeah. kind of sound pleasant. It is pleasant. It sounds like it might be too pleasant. Well, yeah, it's not totally utilitarian there, Mark, for your uses. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not here That's for like, utilitarian stuff. Oh, this little stuff. jet stream on the pool kind of feels good. I think you're a step beyond that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'm on Team Wipes over here. Uh, okay. Team, team they, Toilet Paper Arcade Men's. Not all up. of them. The, the Cottonelle ones, they, they dissolve within 24 hours. Uh, right. They say uh, they're flushable and instantly dissolve, but the test show is actually 24 hours. So you don't want to flush a... A whole package of them down or anything like that. Yeah. I'm on team leaves, you know, anarcho-primitivism for the <laughs> Corn cobs. It's for free. Well, why not just go with team hand then? Yuck. I'm left-handed, so that wouldn't work out. At least eight five five four five zero three seven three. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farm, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control, and you can call in to talk about whatever is on your mind as evidenced by our last conversation about bidets and leaves. With you tonight, it's Aria. It's Vincent. And Mark. That number, by the way, is 855-450-3733. But let's go to the phones. We've got um, Aaron calling. Aaron, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, guys. How are you? Hey, what's on your mind? Good. So uh, your show comes on right after Ben Shapiro's show, uh, up here in Montana, and I was curious what your thoughts is on his libertarianism versus like somebody like Lauder with Chowder. Um, who's the other people? Uh, uh, Trey Chowder, I think is his Lauder, name. Uh, Stephen Crowder. Uh, Sorry, he's talking or, about Stephen Crowder yeah. and Ben Shapiro, who I, I always thought they identified as conservative rather than libertarian. So uh, Ben Shapiro actually, I think he pretty much identifies as a libertarian, but I was. 
just curious on your thoughts with him. That's now, right. uh, let me ask a quick question. What is Ben Shapiro's trans on trans people? Um, I actually don't know with him. Like because uh, I identify as a woman. Him. Yeah, um, I think his thoughts are actually if you're uh, X and Y chromosomes are like. If you're a man, you're a man. You're a woman, you're a woman. Okay, so I can't so just identify as a woman, right? Well, yeah, like, I mean, can, isn't that so, which, uh, so why can he just identify as a libertarian? Well, I was just curious because that's what he, he identifies. I was just wondering what your guys' thoughts were. Well, him. Like, my thoughts are this. Um, ben Shapiro has some really great videos on YouTube where I feel like he pones the left, right? He he pones a bunch of, you know, stupid high school and college kids. It's like the lowest hanging fruit. Fine. I like it. Um, so, you know. <laughs> okay, Boomer. I, I'm the, indeed, indeed. And that, that's his number one audience, too, is Boomers. Fine. I, you know, I'm a Boomer in a Gen X body. What do you want from me? Um, but so I like B- uh, Shapiro for that. I... You know, I mean, whenever you start talking about libertarians, immediately the uh, uh, the, the the measuring contest occurs, right? Like, how libertarian are you? And Ben Shapiro comes up short in the you know libertarian measuring contest. <laughs> no pun intended. And mm-hmm. so, um, I don't think that that necessarily. I mean, he's a great communicator, and I agree with lots of his ideas. I'm sure that we could find something relatively quickly that we disagree on, uh, but you know, I, I, I guess my biggest uh, point of contention with him is he's number five, twenty-five on Talker's uh, most important talk show host. He's number list, twenty-five, and we're number twenty-six. That may right. change this year. No, I was, I was, I was just curious. Like, I agree with a lot of what he says too, but I'm totally like, if whoever you are, identify or anything is you are i agree like don't care but i i like a lot of what he says and i enjoy your guys choice so thanks Aaron. I, I'll, I'll just give my give my take on it right since you know we have some people who think he's a libertarian i mean i think now there's a lot of you know leeway and i don't <laughs> want to do the whole I, I hate the whole purity test but if you know if you're military aged right he wrote he used to write for uh i think it was world net daily or, or anyways he wrote for some sort of ne- neocon or conservative uh uh, outlet. He was a military aide, so he could have enlisted. He was a big proponent for Iraq and Afghanistan, all these foreign wars. For Israel specifically, right? You know, he's, uh, I think he's like Orthodox Jewish or something. He's the biggest <laughs> warmonger. He's a chicken hawk, right? He's a total chicken hawk, and yet he never at one point, at any point, even mentioned the, or even thought about enlisting to fight these wars, but he advocates other people's children go and die. He's a total chicken hawk, Israel thirster, and, a fa- I, and I, I just, I'm glad you called to bring this up just because I, I hope I, I I could get the idea out of people's minds that this man is in any sense of a word libertarian. Alex Jones is a Alex Jones is more like Ron Paul than Ben Shapiro is to any sort of libertarian. No, I agree totally, a hundred percent. I always understood Ben Shapiro to be a conservative as well. A libertarian and him never like Stephen Molyneux. I mean, it just you're. To me, well, Stefan Molyneux who described himself as an anarchist in the past and that, you know, like a libertarian anarchist. Yeah, well, he's an idiot. To me, an anarchist he's or a libertarian. The opposite of that. <laughs> is, no, clearly he's an idiot. All right. Is someone who adheres to the ethics of the non-aggression principle. That's a libertarian. And Ben Shapiro, by advocating war, does not adhere to the principles of the non-aggression principle. 
Well, I'm not the one to pull uh, people's membership cards, but I think that Vincent made a really uh, compelling point. Yeah. Thank you, Aaron, so much for the call. The other person he mentioned, uh, Louder with Crowder, I've only seen one of his videos, and I don't remember anything. I know it was amusing, whatever it was, but it wasn't like a ha-ha. Well, it was a ha-ha, I I pwned those liptards kind of thing. I love that. But I love it when it happens in every direction. I mean, conservatives oh, sure. are just as easy to pwn. Sure. And and you just did it there with the uh, the military thing, right? Like, um, you know, the the point is, is that, well, what is the military? And look, I'm not trying to besmirch anybody's uh, brave uh, child who's out there, you know, defending whatever. But, you know, what is the military if you were to come up with a definition? Well, it's a group of paid killers working for the liars and thieves in Washington, D.C. They aren't sworn to protect you. They're sworn to they're, they're, they swear to the president and the Constitution. The Constitution is the founding document of say it with me, the government in Washington D.C. And um, you know, like this is this is the kind of thing that if you say in front of a conservative, they just you know begin because conservatives like government workers, but they like them with guns and hoses. They, yes, they, they, they like them with the tools of oppression. Well, I don't think hoses are the tools of oppression, but they do like firemen. Oh, during riots and stuff, wouldn't uh, when the, the I would the say during the shoot. civil rights era, they were definitely the tools of oppression. That's what I thought you were getting at when you said that. Oh no, I don't. Uh, I I don't know the I don't know that um, the firemen were you know used. I, I couldn't tell you that. Well, I don't know if it was the firefighters themselves who were using the hoses, but yeah, one of like the famous images of like the riots or something during the civil rights era of protests was uh, you know dogs and fire hoses. Okay. That's like that's a talking point where they'd have like Makes police sense. dogs and such. Um, Stephen Crowder also you know is total total Zionist you know neocon, but uh, he likes to dress in drag a lot as as a gimmick on his uh, on his shows. So some people find that very interesting, even though he has sort of the same sort of like Ben Shapiro talking points about like oh you know um. A man is born a man, change my mind or something. But for, for someone who appeals to like you have know, a boomer conservative audience, he really dresses in drag a lot. <laughs> well, that's funny. I um if he offered me that challenge, I would totally take it. So here with uh, Ari in the room, I don't mind saying I find all of it kind of as a as a stressor on my um, belief system, right? Like it's you know, it makes it difficult this whole dressing the way they do kind of thing, but. I've got enough trans friends that I'd like to keep as trans friends. I like these people. So it's to me, it's a courtesy, a way to get what I want, which is to retain these friends by using this terminology. So I say she with Aria, even though I don't look at Aria and think she, right? I think Aria because... You know, that's the only name I've got, uh, you know. Um, I well, didn't... it isn't, but you – and you enjoy throwing the other one out. Right. I, I do think it's let's hilarious. Let's do that on the air. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, they actually the one that I throw out isn't – Yeah, I've never gone Never, never been gone by that, Jimmy. Except, yeah. except by you. You're the only person who's ever called <laughs> But I love that. that. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's – I'm all – first off, I like the jokes. And you can take a joke, so – you know, number one important thing. And then in order to keep the relationships going the way that I want. And you wouldn't work here if I said, Aria can't work here. Would you say that's an accurate statement? Like, huh. yeah, like there was never. A, so, I mean, you know, I at the very least like trans people enough to hire one. <laughs> you know, And uh, to, admittedly, I'll use you as like this uh, 
What, what, what do you use at this uh, virtue signaling amongst the left? It's like, hey, I got a trans person. Oh, your me. token friend. All right, yeah, well, Mark, that's right. will you extend that courtesy? So if I came in dressed up as Napoleon. Not the French Catholics, though. If I dress, I'm not Catholic. If I dressed <laughs> up into, if I dress up as Napoleon, and I'm not French, I'm Quebecois. If I dress up as Napoleon, and I just, I didn't speak with a stupid accent, but I just, you know, proceed as if I was Napoleon, would you kick me off Free Talk Live? Like I said, like, hey, no, it's Aria, it's Napoleon, it's Mark. Would as long you as you're entertaining, that? no. Okay. I wouldn't. All right, I could respect that. <laughs> I mean, you know, what you're saying is that Arya's delusional. You know. No, 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 I'm just saying I caught that as I well. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to be delusional, be fabulous oh, while I, you do it. Well, you, you, you think I joke. One of these days. Ha, ha, ha. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. You can call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. That toll-free number is 855-450-3733. With you tonight, it's Aria. It's Vincent. And Mark. I want to say thank you to Jonathan, who is tonight's amplifier. He's a platinum-level amplifier, so thank you so much, Jonathan. That means he contributes $25 per month to the AMP program that you can find at amp.freetalklive.com. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And all money donated to that program is strictly used to advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live. So if you like the show, if you like what we're doing, you might consider signing up for it. We don't ask 25 bucks a month. Just 5 bucks a month is all it takes to join it. And you get access to a number of cool features like the AMP-only Facebook group, the AMP-only call-in line at discord.freetalklive.com, and an entire chat room dedicated to the AMP amplifiers at the same place so again jonathan thank you so much thank you to all the amplifiers that's amp.freetalklive.com now i would like to move on but i need to know more about you viewing trans people as playing dress up what no i never i never said that then what was the whole napoleon thing about oh that was a joke okay well moving on then so uh my understanding of trans people is is that uh, people can be born with ambiguous genitals, right? Yes. So therefore, I would, uh, you know, that's a fact and no one argues it, at least no one's sane. Um, so my presumption is, is that it is true then that some people can be born with ambiguous gender identities um, themselves, right? Well, so- gender identity is is a social construct. I mean, gender gender is this concept that women wear dresses and makeup, men grill steaks, a real man drinks beer, women might drink wine. Those but, are all concepts of gender. I, how one dresses, how one behaves. Aren't there some genetic sort of predispositions towards gender? Well, there gender? certainly are. Okay. I mean, the, the female sex wouldn't become the one that was doing the hunting because genetically the male body is better designed for that. And I think that, you know, just if, you know, when I talk to parents, I hear things like, you know, the boys pick up the Barbies and then grab them by the head and then use them as swords to fight with each other because that's what they want to do with them. And, um, you know, like, so, you know, I tend to think there's a bit of nature in this whole nurture conversation. Libertarians love nurture because they believe that they can construct people with the, the proper systems. And I don't think that it's necessarily true. So, but I will say that, um, that I think that it's possible that somebody can be born with, and 
sorry to say, this sort of disability of, um, you know, this gender dysphoria, as it's uh, called. Now, I think life will be better for that person if they lump it. And lump it. Just, just kind of, you know, you know, put that to the side, right? Um, you know, and just go on with whatever the things are. You can make more money and have a more pleasant life. But it's not my life, and I don't get to live it. Right? So I'm a conservative guy. I live a conservative life. And um, I'm constantly putting off pleasure for um, gain in the future. You know, I, you know, that's just sure. a sort of a system that I have. And the, but I do understand that just because I don't understand something does not mean it's bad. And that's the position I've taken on trans people up to this point is, is all right, well, you know, it ain't my thing, but good luck to you. All the best. You know, that kind of thing. That's where I'm at on it. Fair points. Well, let's go to the phones. We've got David calling from New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. So Mark has uh, two green stars, huh? What were the green stars for? I don't get the reference. I don't either. What are you talking about, David? Well, Mark, you're Mark, Mark is, uh, Mark is. Well, uh, I'll tell you this, and then we got to get to the to the gay Nazis. But uh, Mark has two green stars. He's he's both essential. And he hired a trans person. That's right. Oh, I can probably come up with some more than that. Too. Oh no, no, he gets to wear the safety pin on his lapel for all of that. What's that? Uh, the right. safety pin. That's... It was this virtue signaling thing. A lot of people were wearing safety oh, pins right. to yeah, let yeah. other people know that they were to let LGBTQ people know that they were safe. Oh, it was like the ally yeah. thing. It's like, like at schools, there would be the, the rainbow sticker that said, this is a safe space on every classroom. And so I, I'd ask him, i say, is, is, there a, is that just Where's imply- the unsafe spot? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, does that imply there's someplace it isn't safe? Well, how unsafe is it? <laughs> and the green the green stars were from Dr. Seuss, the Sneetches. The star-bellied Sneetches. Yeah. See, I yeah. still don't know what you're talking and, about. Um, yeah. He's this racist, anti-Japanese cartoonist who became uh, famous for making up a bunch of words and stuff. Total institutionalized white supremacy. Dr. Seuss. You know, I have never heard yeah. the claims <laughs> that you're making. <laughs> oh, yeah, look it up. He had uh, anti-Japanese propaganda in World War II that Dr. Seuss would uh, illustrate and write. Well, well I, I mean, Superman was notoriously racist during World War II. Well, I saw the cartoons where he'd like fight against the uh, f- fight against the the Nazis and the Japanese. I didn't know like I'm not sure how many cartoons there were in the 1940s, but in the comic books, absolutely, oh, he was all about. Uh, and I'm quoting here: punching the Japs. Well, and uh, Captain America had uh, to- Tojo on the covers too, you know, with the squinty eyes and the big buck teeth and the whole deal. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but so I, I don't the, know if uh, I would say the creator of Superman. Now, you was let him racist. talk, and then you stopped. Because I realized what turn. I was trying to get the, to. The creator was Jewish, so uh, it's impossible for a minority to be racist. Only white people are possible being racist because racism is prejudice that's, plus power. Whatever. That's right, and that ties right into the gay Nazis. So uh, I, I called about a coronavirus policy. I told you the other night about Darren White, the sheriff, uh, cabinet secretary, Senate candidate, et cetera, et cetera. Who was uh, who used his air his airwaves? He's got a radio program in Albuquerque, and he uses airwaves to to rat out to snitch on a small business person who is trying to survive. Um, the two big stores, uh, box stores next to him, were open because they were quote unquote essential. Like Mark, they had the green star, <laughs> and he was right between them. And he only sold clothing, and he was he was uh, in the words of uh, uh, Darren White, uh, uh, cheating cheating the system, cheating the people, endangering the people. Because he was staying open when he wasn't, a, he didn't have the green star, but Big Lots and the Dollar Tree had the green star, and that was yesterday. 
And and um, uh, that was one hour. The, the next dude right after him on that same radio station uh, in Albuquerque, a guy named T.J. Trout, he does he did the same thing. And he had, uh, he had or I'm sorry, the politician that called in, the politician being Pat Davis, a city, city councilor. And once again, enter, enter, entertaining if anybody wants to waste any time Googling the guy. Because this this is a they could make a they could well, make we've a wasted uh, enough like time tonight. in Albuquerque. What we've wasted enough time tonight, Dave. Don't worry. You want to fight, Dave? Is that what you want to yeah. do? Go, please go on, Dave. The um, uh, I want to hear about the, the gay Nazis. Nazis. How did the gay Nazis the gay, enter this? The, well, because Pat Davis, the city councilor, before he was a city councilor, he was a University of New Mexico police officer, and he's gay, and so he ties right into the pattern that. I've been uh, ridiculed for of how many how many um, LGBTQ et cetera uh, uh, per, the percentage that are working at University of New Mexico the radio uh, station and and their police department since I was a uh, uh, written up charged by a transsexual cop and the city councilor dude happens to be a gay cop as well there's a pat- there's a pattern there and they're they're not the only ones but anyway the point there is there are gay the, nazis the, hiding the, under my bed the gay, the, <laughs> the, the, the gay nazi the gay nazi cop called into the radio station hey look at that there's a the, 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 they're calling into radio stations too to to try to exercise speech and communicate things while shutting down other people that are trying to do the same thing anyway what what uh, pat davis said is he he uh, also ridiculed um uh tj trout was saying that okay i've got a suggestion shots. okay i've got a suggestion yeah. david Th- this business yeah. owner that got snitched out on tell him to put on yeah. dresses well that'll that'll work that's a good that's, idea I'll okay yeah along. tell him but, but, he's got my and, blessing and what <laughs> pardon he's got and my what, blessing and what, are you, you saying oh, you're a trans excuse me you're transgender for the benefits she has my blessing and <laughs> And what Pat Davis was doing. The, I'm the, not trans the for the benefits, dude. but my life has been made hard enough by being trans that when there are benefits, I'm going to exploit the hell out Use of them. them. Go for it. And and so anyway, what this guy did is they, they mentioned on air that uh, that uh, these guys were cheating. There were smoke shops, uh, head shops, et cetera, that were putting chips and muffins on their counter and saying they were selling food and then staying open. And the gay uh, Nazi cop Pat Davis, city councilor dude, was ratting them out uh, on ridiculing them on air on T.J. Trout's show. What's the problem with putting provi- uh, putting rules huh? in place so people then following the rules and there being a problem? I just don't get it. I mean, if if it's okay to stay open and sell food, and then your business begins to sell food, then what's the problem with them staying open? You y'all made the rules. Somebody followed them. And now there's a problem? Well, it's like they said in California. You can't just decide to become a grocery store because a lot of restaurants in California attempted to do that. They're like, okay, well, we'll just take all this produce we're getting and we'll sell them as grocery stores because the actual grocery stores are just packed. Yeah. And the government, one of the government officials actually came out and said, you can't just decide to sell people groceries. <laughs> what kind of ins- that was a, that's an exact quote. What kind of insanity is this? People love that boot on their necks. They love their rules and their regulations. And God help you. If you don't obey them, head on over. If you like the show to app.freetalklive.com. When I adopted her, she was a mess. Scabs, itching, licking, missing fur, hot spots. So I get the Dynavite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. And the Licko Chops within a four-week total. Sheba is a 105 lean pounds of shiny, smooth, happy dog. And she loves it. It won't believe how happy your dog will be. Dynavite for life. 